Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Grow Like a Pro. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, and I got alongside me, as always, Jason Flagel. The illustrious Jason Flagel. Okay, I don't want to get all crazy. <laughs> oh wait, I'm usually the one who's saying that, sorry. Yeah, I've set the right. expectation now, I know. so now everyone expects... Everyone expects me to say, hello, world. <laughs> well, I think only you and I do, but no. <laughs> I still do love that. Hey, we've a good got one. loyal listeners. Yeah, we do, from all over the universe. That's right. Well, Thanks. we've got um, international listeners. We've got some in Canada, Mexico, and Australia now. Nice. So, pretty excited about that. But you know what's more important than our listeners? What? Our Christmas sweaters. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, well, what's your? Tell me about the sweater that you've got on. Adam. Well, we had. Well, and I want to preface this by saying, of course, sweaters are not more important than listeners. We love all of you. But anyway, the Christmas sweater. We had a uh, ugly Christmas sweater party at our office today, and I am rocking good old Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I love the. How about you? Have a uh, cat Mickey. hanging from your chest. Oh, I do. Yes. Um. So I've got kind of a brick, um, fireplace. I guess fake. A brick fireplace and then i've got stockings hanging above the fireplace with a little kitten and the cat is basically <laughs> roasting over the, the fire so in one kind of the of stockings s- so. kind of a sickening <laughs> holiday sweater if we're being honest his name is whiskers <laughs> I, I don't know if you'll win the ugly sweater contest but the horrific sweater contest you got it going oh yeah it works well <laughs> oh my god so how's it going man it's going well i'm really pumped adam about this episode this episode with chris borja is gonna be great yeah it's uh chris is the king of networking, if I do, if I yeah, will well, say so myself. Even more than networking, he's just an incredible guy that's really genuine and authentic yeah. about connecting with people. And what I love about Chris is he, you know, a lot of people when they start doing the networking and they think about getting into business and hear the word networking, mm-hmm. it's scary because you don't know what to expect and you don't really feel comfortable knowing what to say or you can sound stupid what's yeah. it going to be like and chris for the longest time couldn't even really speak to anybody yeah, i mean he's, right. he goes through this story in his show in our show and he was a huge introvert but mm-hmm. he found his voice and he found his way and now he's made some incredible connections for people across the world and it's, yeah. it's inspiring it's it's a good lesson to learn and to know that you people out there that you know maybe a little afraid or apprehensive you're not alone Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no nothing one, to be ashamed of. No one really teaches this information either, and they just know, say it's important. And yeah, you're that's expected right. to be okay. <laughs> hey, you need to know this, or expect you. Ju- you just naturally, I guess, expect other people to know it. But yeah. Chris is really, through his experiences, has been able to overcome his challenges, and now he equips people with that information. Yeah. You know, so it's incredible. And hosts events to help people and learn it, and yeah, he's doing all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, for sure, he's going to be. He's going to be world renowned. I'm pretty sure. I've got, a, a, I've got a good feeling about that. Good old Chris Borja. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're excited for you guys to hear this conversation, and we do want to let you know this was recorded a few weeks back. So if there's any timely stuff, just be aware of that. And as always, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to send in questions or topics or for our guests, or if you have, if you want to be a part of the show, if you want to tell us your success story, or you are dealing with some issues, you know, in your business, in your life, we'd love to help and you know make a difference and do mm-hmm. some cool things together. Yep. And be sure to send all that to hello at growlikeaproshow.com. Once again, that's hello at growlikeaproshow.com. And uh, without wasting any more time, I say we jump right in to Chris Borja. Chris Borja is an author, coach, and speaker. He's the founder of Become a Better Networker, and he has a big vision of helping a million people to become a better networker by overcoming their fears, increasing their influence, and impacting their local communities. His goal is to help positively change communities so they can change the world. Chris helps entrepreneurs, sales professionals, and business leaders to break through their challenges and expand their reach by teaching them how to become a better networker. Chris, welcome. Adam and I are so excited to have you as a guest, and then please feel free to fill in any gaps from that intro. Awesome. Glad to be here. So Chris, we'd love to hear about your story when we have a new guest in here. We'd like to know what kind of makes... What, what makes Chris tick? What is the story behind Chris Borja? Yeah, so the story is most of my life, I, I was actually very introverted, very shy. I would avoid uh, social settings, parties, events, things like that, because I was just not ever very comfortable. And I was, I was like that for the first 37 years. And just, oh, wow. as, just as an example of, of how shy and introverted, people don't guess that anymore because I'm in front of people mm-hmm. most of the week. But 
you know, growing up, there was always that kid at the birthday party that wouldn't engage and play with the other kids. And they would send other kids to come in and say, hey, come out and play with us. I was the one that would sit at the parents table. So that was me growing up in in grade school. I wouldn't even raise my hand because people would look at me and I was very self-conscious and I was worried about what if the, what if I gave the wrong answer and people would make fun of me and, and laugh at me. Mm-hmm. And it, it just carried through all the way into my adult life. And I say, you know, the first 37 years I was stuck in that. Uh, that's that cycle of self-sabotage that cycle of just not thinking that I was uh, valuable enough to be able to, to share what I had to say and I would always be quiet so um, I was the dream student for a lot of teachers growing up because they said well, if we just had 20 more Chris's that would be great yeah because I never said anything so it worked great as yeah, a student but unfortunately in the in the business world it, it doesn't it, it doesn't serve you very well so that's my background and after making that decision I I was I was in um you know, so being shy introverted, so I went in direct sales, a good transition, right? So I got to meet people. And um, after doing that for, for many years, I, I got tired of doing the cold calls. I got tired. I just recognized that the marketplace was changing and they're becoming less and less effective with, you know, it's not even a gatekeeper. It's just their phone that that's screening mm. people out. Right. I went to my first networking event, which was a speed networking event at a, a local restaurant. And there was about 60 people there, which was intimidating for me. But one of the things that opened my eyes is I saw a few people there that were doing business in a different way than I was used to it, which what I was doing, I was just chasing people nonstop. I was just constantly working the numbers, so to speak, and just grinding and following up with people until they buy or die type stuff. So, yeah. you know, so as I saw these people, you know, building their business in a different way, they, they were just building relationships and I didn't know what was happening, but other people would come up to them and say, hey, I got somebody that's dealing with this kind of issue. Can you help them? And they would say, yeah, sure. Send them over. I'll, I'll be glad to help them out. And then later in the event, somebody else would come to them and say, hey, this is this person I just met, and they, they are dealing with this kind of situation. Can you help them? Yeah, just um, give, them my, give them my number. I'll, I'll be happy to take care of it. I said, that looks a lot easier than what I'm doing. So I, dedic- I dedicated myself to learn how to network. And unfortunately, there weren't a lot of classes. So I learned from, like most people, just from trial and error and many cringeworthy moments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, wow. I'm sure that all of us kind of have those experiences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know until you know. So it's oh, like yeah. you got to learn. Everything. I mean, no one's an ex- right. usually an expert when they start off unless you get super lucky. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's right. So, Chris, on, on your website, you mentioned um, that after 37 years of suffering in silence, you made the decision to take the steps to overcome that fear. Um, how were you able to, you know, take those steps to overcome that fear? Yeah, good question. The The first step was actually just a decision. It was just a decision to change. And many times we don't change until the pain is great enough to yeah. instill mm-hmm. change. And that's where, I, that's where I was at because I, I had seen little glimpses of what could be. And what I'm talking about is years before I made that decision. So first thing is a decision, but before I even got to the decision, seeds are planted. And one of the seeds that was planted in me was, was watching my daughter. At the time we were living in Las Vegas, Nevada, and my daughter was about four years old. She had a singing recital at one of the local casinos in their showroom. Hmm. The showroom held about 300 people. So everyone's recitals were there, whether they're playing an instrument or singing. My daughter's four years old. She goes up on stage. It's towards the end of the event or towards the end of the, the what do you call it? What did I just say it was? Recital. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so it's towards the end of the recital. So easily two or three hours has passed. Most of the energy is just drained out of the room. People are mm-hmm. tired, but they have to stay there because it's, they're required to stay oh, there till the end. And my daughter goes up there and she just belts out her song, which was my favorite things from the sound of music. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing the, the white dress and the blue satin sash and all that kind of stuff. So she just belted the song and just livened up the whole audience. Everyone just woke back up and she just sang so powerfully. Oh, and then she gets off the stage after the song is done. And as soon as she gets off the stage, she's just like back to her four-year-old self bouncing around. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? Are you going? <laughs> and I was just like looking at what she just accomplished. And everyone was like standing ovation and people yeah. were just clapping for her. And I was like, how did she just do that? When if I was called up front and even just had to say my name, my voice would have cracked. Mm -hmm. So those kind of seeds, when I saw that, it that helped me to, it made me start thinking. I said, this is all in mindset. This is all just in, she just doesn't have that fear because she doesn't know she's supposed to be afraid. So I was actually making myself afraid because in that exact same scenario in front of those 300 something people, my voice would have cracked. Same audience different result, but it's all because the way I would think of mm-hmm. this, the situation. And then, so the first step in overcoming it was really just making that decision, but it doesn't just happen. Usually 
we go through some kind of pain for a prolonged period of time mm-hmm. until we finally decide to do something about it. And that's what happened with me. So the first step was to make that decision. The second step was to stop saying no. So mm-hmm. we're all good at avoiding things that we don't enjoy or things that we don't like. <laughs> we're experts at it. We can come up with a million excuses. They don't even all make sense when we look back at it, but we, we got them. <laughs> and so that's what I would do. So I said, so the, the first, the second step is to just stop saying no. And I remember one scenario, I was the, uh, I got asked to be the assistant coach on my son's upward basketball. It's like a church basketball mm-hmm. league for, for youth. And so at halftime, they would have somebody do some kind of devotional or read a prayer or read some kind of encouraging story in front of the audience as the teams went into their huddle. And I was the assistant coach, and I vol- and so they volunteered me for that and said, oh, Chris will do it. Because these guys, they don't have any fear of speaking in public. They don't know <laughs> that I'm just like extremely terrified. And I said, you know, yeah, I, I can do it. And then I just said, what did I just, <laughs> why, why, why did I do that? I got to stay strong and say oh no. Gosh. But yes, I, I just did it. And I was scared as heck when I, when I delivered it, but I was so proud of myself afterwards. And I was nervous. I know my voice was crackling the entire time, but I was just happy that I did it. And so that's the second step is to stop saying no to what you, to the direction you know you should be going in and just and just do it. Mm-hmm. And then, so after that, it's just more repetition and practice and building that muscle memory. So now I'm in front of people for most of, you know, most of the week I'm hosting events, I'm doing trainings and workshops and, and I'm comfortable at it now because of the muscle memory, because I've trained myself and also because I reconditioned my mind to where I'm no longer fearful of those things. So I know public speaking is probably the number one fear out there. I mean, people would rather like actually die. Actually, they'd rather die than literally than, than do public speaking. <laughs> oh and, and I think networking falls right up in that category too for people that are in the business world and looking to get out there and build their brand and their business. So, you know, those are the two things up there. So, so those are the first, so I guess that that's, those are the steps I would say is to, is to to lead there and and after that is just more repetition and and muscle memory until it becomes comfortable yeah that's it's really interesting especially about public speaking and kind of just doing it because so many people have ideas and they have dreams but they kind of just they never are ready to just take that step but it's amazing how much can be done when you just move forward and you do stuff and especially with public speaking something that that i've learned that i've kind of helped teach some people too is a lot of times people don't realize like when you're practicing a speech or you're get ready, getting ready to get up and say stuff and you're rehearsing and doing all that stuff, the audience has no idea what you're about to say. So a lot yeah. of times you're much harder on yourself because, oh, I forgot to say this line or I forgot to do this. But it's about getting up there and just, yeah, being welcoming and confident and knowing that you know what you're going to do and people will respond. It's just, it's, it's, there's a lot of fears that we put on ourselves, like you said, that hold us back that really in reality, once you do it, you're like, why was I even afraid of that? It's just, it's, yeah. it's something that's not even necessary. Yeah, no matter who you are too, you'll always be a little nervous. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think being a little nervous is good. Like it makes, yep. it means that it's something important and it's, you're taking yeah. a chance. I mean, I think, I think that, that feeling of nervousness, like right before something happens is, is something special that you should try to capture. Cause that means you're doing something with your life and trying to make a difference. <laughs> yeah. That's a big shift too, is to, to change that that physiological feeling yeah and just transferring it from fear into excitement because right. they're very yeah. they're very yeah. close in, oh, yeah. in, in the physiological responses that we mm-hmm. experience but yeah you should have coached me on that when i started i wouldn't help <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's great just send this to your past self i think we have technology yeah. to do that now right yes <laughs> so speaking of i mean you kind of mentioned that into this next question but was there anyone like a trusted guide or a mentor that maybe did give you tips, which which helped you along the way? Or was it more of just kind of learning and reading and researching? Or was there someone that really kind of helped shape who you are today? Yeah, I'd have to say it's it's um it's my dad. So I just lost my dad a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. But as I look back at all the things, you know, sometimes we you know, we take people for granted. And I don't think I took him a lot for granted because he, he always knew how much I loved him and all that kind of stuff. We, we had a very good relationship. We stayed in, in touch frequently. But as, as I look back at it, really my entrepreneurial spirit started with my dad and I didn't even realize it, you know, and as I was thinking about it just recently, I, I didn't realize how much he had actually impacted me on the things I did. And so, you know, he came here, he was first generation here to, to the country from the Philippines. 
and then started his own, you know, he was working in automotive dealerships, you know, repairing cars, like mm-hmm. doing in the, in the service department. Yeah. And um, he was working so fast that people would sabotage his work because he was messing up the curve <laughs> wow. type thing. You know, so they would start going back when he was on break and they would start sabotaging his work so he wouldn't work so fast because he was making them look bad. And so he, he's, <laughs> you know, he, eventually he started his own business, which, you know, is, is, a, is a big undertaking. But I didn't realize it at the time, but I know he was always trying to provide for us. So just seeing his um, ambition and seeing seeing him willing to take that risk, he didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, he's an immigrant in the country, so... Who's to say he can start a business? But we see that a lot of times because maybe he wasn't told he couldn't do it, that he went ahead and did it. And even now that I'm, I'm training on networking, I didn't realize that dad had been networking quite a bit. So when we would go to different parties, he would always come home with jobs and he wouldn't be going to soliciting and giving out his business cards and stuff like that. But in hindsight, when I just I, like literally, I just thought about this recently. But he would, we would go to like different parties and every time we would go to a party, you know, just like family gathering or a barbecue. Mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not like a rave party, nothing like that. <laughs> I'm talking about like, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, like family gathering yeah, of course. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Whenever we would go to those, he would always have work when he would come out of it because people would just say, hey, you know, uh, you know, Ben does this and this and this and they would just, the word would get around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that he was already networking and just through the relationships that that's how he built his business. He never had to sell anybody on letting them fix their car or do a, a restoration for them but he was already networking. So uh, a lot of the lessons I, I learned from him, I remember him talking to me even as a as a child, you know, the things that you don't think kids remember. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of those, a lot of those things. So, you know, I, I've had, you know, other other mentors, you know, as an adult, you know, people that I would read their books or, or, listen, or listen to their audios or get on their nowadays podcast or, mm-hmm. or Facebook live shows. But I would say the greatest impact is, is my dad because all the core, um, core beliefs that I have and all, you know, just believing that you can have your own business and that you don't have to work for somebody your whole life if you don't want to, you know, for some people that's good and it works out. Um, but there's some people that are, are, are made to, to be on their own. And I just want, you know, I just want people also know that, you know, that's okay too. So I think dad helped instill that in me that he had done both. And, and so had I, so I tried working and also wanted to have that, that freedom and be able to empower others to be able to to do the awesome. same. Is yeah. there any particular book, Chris, that sticks out in your mind as like your favorite that you've read? Um, or, you know, like you mentioned a podcast, is there a favorite podcast that you like to listen to as well? Yeah. So book, I'd say the one that I've read and multiple times and recommended to most people is probably the purpose driven life mm. by Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it even as an entrepreneur and as a business person, because I think the, the biggest thing most people lack is clarity on what they should be doing. You know, why are we, why are we here? What's our purpose? Why are we, what are we, why are we doing this? Even if we are doing a business. Okay. So bigger picture besides making money, what are we here for? So I really like that. And I find it something that as I, as I find people that are, you know, needing that direction, I, I like that resource for them. And I listen to a lot of podcasts too, but I think one of my favorites is Entrepreneur on Fire by uh, John, you know John Lee Dumas. John Lee Dumas I, yeah. I just love the guests that he has on there. I love the energy and the fire and the passion that he brings to the show, mm-hmm. and he does it seven days a week, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and um, just to be able to bring their stories out and bring them through the journey, and I find that very encouraging to hear not just what people are doing today, but where they came from, and realize that the most successful people had the greatest tra- uh, had the experience the greatest tragedies and hardships, and so you kind of start seeing the blessings in those challenging times in our lives instead of just hating it and trying to repress it get rid of it you know how do we embrace that and make that part of our journey part of our test from test to testimony is is what we like to say you know how do you Mm -hmm. turn your your test into a testimony so um those are that so the purpose-driven life for a book and podcast i'd say it's entrepreneur on fire and it's interesting the stuff you said really hits home to me because I actually lost my father two six months ago, well, six months ago on Thursday, which is crazy in itself. But yeah. um, the lessons you, that you learned from your father are very similar to what I learned and what I took from is because he was a hugely successful businessman and such a great person. And he really taught me the value of not taking things for granted, of not accepting no as a valuable answer. And he had a lot of failures. Like he took a lot of risks. He had a very risky lifestyle, but no matter what happened to him, no matter how low he was, he he never accepted it as as a roadblock or an end. It was just like another obstacle. Mm-hmm. And it's such a valuable lesson that you got to keep an open mind, especially with the people in your lives and learn from what they did and take their experiences with you. And it's just, it's, it's 
it's a crazy thing that, you know, these people, as much as they impact our lives, they may be gone now, but their messages and their missions and their journeys will always stick with us. And it's just mm -hmm. like you said, what, what, it's something that I've really learned, especially lately is yeah, never take anything for granted because there's so much to learn right all around you. If you just open your eyes and, and listen or look. Yeah, that's right. As a new, as a new dad, I've been thinking about that. It's like, you know, the, it's the idea of legacy. Yeah. You know, what are those, what are those memories? What are those, you know, pieces of information that you're going to be passing on to the people whose lives that you're impacting on a daily basis. So, um, just to kind of change gears, Chris, I wanted to, to ask a, a, a question that's more specific to, you know, some of the, the listeners that might be, you know, entrepreneurs themselves. So, you know, with your experiencing, uh, with your experience working with, you know, entrepreneurs, business leaders, um, in, in your mind, how do you build a great organizational culture? You know, how, how do you find the right people? Uh, and then how do you build a successful team that you can trust? The, the key is really to lead by example. I'm sure it's not something that's a new thought to anybody. However, it's a lot more difficult to practice and exercise than it is to talk about it and to understand the theory and the concept behind it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the challenging thing. So I'll just share a quick example in my own life and with the network that I have now. So I started with nothing, but now our, our group has grown quite a bit. We've got over 3000 on our Facebook group and 1800 on our meetup group. That's awesome. And you know, what happens, I, I try to identify trends in, in in previous leaders and what's successful for them. And then even some of the groups that are no longer. So you could see how in business, there are some people that are thriving and there are people that are surviving and there are people that, that died, you know, there's mm -hmm. people that didn't, this business didn't make it. And so I try to study those things. And one of the things that I noticed, so for example, in my, in, in, in my application and for, for our listeners, you can apply it to your own business as well. But in, in, in my application is growing, one of the things I do is in growing a networking group is that after a while it grows to a size to where the organizer gets less benefits than the attendees. And I'm, what I'm talking about is that as an organizer, sometimes you just become an organizer. Mm -hmm. You're just the one that hosts the event and people feel like they can't talk to you or they feel like you're not approachable or they feel like you're too busy to have a conversation with them. And then so that as an organizer, you get more, more and more disconnected as that group size grows. So what you think you want, which is for the group to grow, but then you start losing the connections and the relationships. So what I'd had to do is I recognize that. And so I opened my schedule up. So I'm working on a lot of different projects right now, but I had to open my schedule up because I wanted to stay connected with people. So mm. as far as, you know, building the culture, it's a matter of leading from the front and actually doing it. So if mm -hmm. I'm telling people yeah. you need to make time for coffee, you need to schedule phone calls and just build relationships. You need to reach out to them on social media and engage on their posts and to continue, you know, encouraging them and, you know, th those kind of things. So it's easy to say, but then am I really doing it? So it's like a hard check for us as leaders in the business community to say, am I really doing what I'm asking other people to do? And so I share that story because that's something that, you know, as we get busier, we say, okay, well, that's for beginning, but mm -hmm. where I'm at now, I don't need to do that stuff because mm -hmm. I'm too, no, it's not like that. It doesn't matter what size my group grows. It doesn't matter how big my company grows. I always want to maintain that, that relationship with people mm -hmm. and make time for people because that's what makes it so for for those that are in their own business or they they have a, a a company a growing company it's just a matter of leading and modeling those behaviors because people will only duplicate they do they duplicate more of what you do wrong than what you do right yeah. and so you got to always be doing it right and leading from that example where they can see it and they still won't do everything but what happens over time they'll catch enough of it to where it becomes a culture so like in our networking group because i've been doing this long enough and i cater to the people that are newer to networking because i was always uncomfortable mm -hmm. so i have a little more sensitivity than you know than other people maybe to, to how uncomfortable it is for some people so i really make an effort to address each person that looks like they're lost to each person. Mm -hmm. That's their first time coming out. So over time, what happens is that the other group members are now doing the same thing. So in the business application, just think about new employees, just think about new customers. So how do you treat them directly to where the rest of the team gets to see that? So I would say, you know, how do you build a, a winning culture? How do you build that culture? And, and mm -hmm. it is really just to be able to model that behavior because otherwise telling people what to do, doesn't work very well compared to yeah. just showing them exactly. what they can do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's and awesome. it's, that kind of jumps into another question about, you know, we talk about a successful business and doing all that kind of stuff, but 
from someone who does it all the time, what do you, what is the ideal networking event? Like what is something that and when you're planning one of these events or you go to one of these events, what what is what is the, the best type of event that you feel is the most beneficial for the people involved? Yeah, the I, I actually when I started, I just went to every event. And that's what I would advise for anybody out there. I would literally tell them to attend anything and everything where there are people. Because mm-hmm. I know one thing without even knowing everyone's business that's listening in, I know there's one thing for sure that y'all need people to grow. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So that's universal. I don't know what your business is, I don't know what industry you're in or what vertical, but I know you need people to grow. And so, anywhere there's people, when you're starting is just get in front of as many people in as many different locations as possible. Because what happens is that as you go to these different events, it might be with your local chamber of commerce. It might be with an association that you're part of or somebody invited you to. It might be a referral type group like an AmSpirit or a BNI or um, or a Synergy or a Gold Star. There's a number of different ones out there. There's H7. So there's a ton of different. So it might be that. It might be more of your bigger open networking event where it's just you know 50 or 100 or 200 or more people all at one event just open networking, just where the floor is open, everyone's just meeting and and shaking hands. So I recommend all of them because everyone's going to find a, a, they're going to find this as gravitating to the one that's getting a more results over time. Yeah. So for me, I, I think just getting started is the biggest obstacle and hurdle because everyone might have a different type of event that's more fruitful for them, depending mm-hmm. on their industry, their business, their personality type, their schedule. So all of those things come into play. So what I like to do is just share with people the, the different pros and cons, help them to experience it, and then they can decide for themselves. So I, I to answer your question as far as like, which is the best type, I, I think the best type is anyone where there's people and you have a chance to talk. And the reason I say that is because there are some networking events where you go to, but it's so much programming. There's so oh, much, yeah. you know, yeah. too structured so much meeting things, type yeah. stuff that you don't really get to meet people. So I say mm-hmm. the events where you get to meet more people will be the most beneficial. And also finding ways to be able to serve in any of those things I just mentioned, being in leadership or servant leadership or just volunteering to help the organizers. That's, that's a good way to get connected with the influencers in that group. It's a good way to be able to accelerate the growth and the relationships is to get involved with the leadership, which is done strictly by volunteering time, whether mm-hmm. it's, I mean, sometimes I have conversations with people because they're helping me put chairs up. Mm-hmm. Everyone's taken off, but maybe two or three or five people stay and help me put chairs up and we hang out for another hour after the event. So that's yeah. an hour of relationship building. And it's at the end of the event where people are more memorable. There's no opportunity cost to like, Oh, I'm, I'm talking to you. I can't talk to all these other people oh, yeah, that are yeah, walking around. Yeah. So it's a deeper conversation. So, um, you know, those are things that people can do to be able to, you know, turn really almost any events. So you say, which is the best event? Any of them could be really good. Yeah. It's just a matter of learning how to work these, you know, to be able to, to volunteer, get, in, get involved with the leaders to where, you know, they, they know who you are and can introduce you to other people within the group that you could be of service to and the other way around. Mm-hmm. And and to give our listeners kind of a real world example, what's what's your latest event that you either hosted or you, you were at that was impactful to you? But I, I'd, I'd be very curious about the type of events you hold. Like what is what was the last one that you were a part of? Yeah, I host regular events. I host a, a evening social for our networking group. And then also we do a luncheon once a month. So we have an evening social, we have a luncheon. So that's a daytime event. And then also take our, uh, have a, a special fellowship for our sponsors. So, you know, our, our group structure is, is free for anybody to join. And I did that intentionally because I wanted to attract people without having to worry about the cost. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I'm not after your money when I invite you to this group. I want you to just connect and get to know people. So I, so I just have, I have sponsors that, mm-hmm. you know, provide the finances for the group. So we have a, a private event every month. It's called our sponsor fellowship. So that's just a different level of kind of like the servant leaders of our group being yeah. able to connect with each other. And so that's, that's, that's like some of the recent ones I did. Also, I'm, I'm the host for, uh, it's called LinkedIn local. Mm-hmm. And so we have one coming up. I'm not sure when this airs, but it's coming up in a few weeks. So LinkedIn Local is actually a movement that started in Australia by Anna by Anna McAfee, and so she had this concept that we have all these people and connections on our LinkedIn profile. So if we're in the business world, a lot of times we'll have LinkedIn profile. If not, then we should. <laughs> so so she said so we have all these people on our on our that are connections, but how many of them do we really know? Yeah. And so she had a local event, 
And so in a year and a half, it spread to over 350 cities worldwide. So wow. I started that here in March. Our first event in March, we had 200 people in attendance. We sold out every ticket oh, that was available. That's That's awesome. And the design behind it is to intentionally network with your with your, with your connections. So, so that way you get to know them in person, the, the people mm -hmm. behind the profiles. So that's a fun event. I enjoy hosting those as well because it's just a different element that can be a lot more targeted networking. So for example, what I, what I teach people to do is like, if there's people, there are people that you want to meet on your LinkedIn, you know, people that you're connected with, but you haven't really had a chance to meet them to meet, mm -hmm. let's say for example, to meet 10 people for coffee, that's going to be time consuming. It's worth mm -hmm. it, but it is going to take time to meet 10 people for coffee or, or lunch or whatever. But what if you could invite 10 key strategic people to your network that you can also serve them and their network. But what if you could just invite them to one event and say, you know, Hey, Jason, are, are you going to the LinkedIn local? Well, what's that? Oh, it's an event where, you know, all of, we can invite other, our connections. So what happens is that, so Jason goes because I want to meet Jason. So I invite Jason to LinkedIn local, but Jason goes to LinkedIn local, maybe to meet me, maybe not, maybe he doesn't care about me, but he has other people that he wants to meet. So mm -hmm. he can invite other people and say, Hey, are you going to LinkedIn local? So it's a lot more strategic way to actually meet people that are, that are helpful, directly yeah, helpful yeah. to your, to your business building or your brand building and the same for, for them as well. So, so those are the events that, that I'm, that I'm hosting right now. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, I'd like to jump back a little bit more into kind of your personal story and we'll jump back into the become a better networker in a second. But one of the questions we love asking all of our guests is about your greatest failure or how you kind of go about solving problems because a lot of people are afraid to start something because they're afraid to fail. But what people don't realize is failing is sometimes the path to success and gives you the lessons and the experiences to become a better person and to learn what not to do and how to actually survive and be successful in a mm -hmm. crazy business world. So what is, would you say is your greatest failure and what steps did you take to resolve it or what did it teach you that helps you resolve issues that you face in your every day-to-day -day life today? Yeah, good question. The Clearly the biggest failure that I had was in real estate. So in 2003, I started investing in real estate in Las Vegas, Nevada, and it was a booming uh, industry back then. So for those mm -hmm. that weren't there to experience it or understand the timing in the marketplace, the first house that I bought there was $200,000. By the time it was built six months later, it was worth 240. Oh, so wow. I had a thousand dollar earnest money deposit on that. I literally could have sold it to somebody else, made a $39,000 profit without ever moving in. Man. And wow. that's how fast real estate was growing and at a little bit higher price points. And it was actually doubling you know, almost doubling. So it, was going, it wouldn't be uncommon to go up 60, 80, a hundred plus thousand a year. Mm -hmm. Then so started investing heavily in that. And of course the real estate market crashed at the end of 2006, going into 2007 and eight. And um, that first house that I bought, just an example, would end up having, you know, a number of homes out there over that time. But just that, this is an example, that first home that went from 200 to 240 by the time it was built, actually went up to 405 three years later. So mm -hmm. from 200,000 to 405,000 three years later. But within three years after that, it went down to 185. So it was a crazy ride. Yeah. And unfortunately Jeez. I was on the front seat of that roller coaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that was definitely my greatest failure. And, you know, as a result of that, you know, I ended up facing all kinds of legal issues, uh, mm -hmm. you know, from that. So the lessons I learned out of that, because it was such a hot market, everyone said, hey, there would be a bubble. There's a bubble, you know, it's going to burst, but it would never burst. I'm like, maybe this thing's never going to burst. And maybe it was for real. So we just went all in. And so, you know, I think if I look, looking back at it, I probably was doing, if we were playing a, a game, I was playing more checkers than I was chess. Mm -hmm. So I think I was playing more checkers. Like I was just seeing, you know, one or two moves yeah. ahead. Like this is going up. We should get as much as possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> the more, the better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. that was like yeah. playing checkers. You see the move and you're like, oh, I'm going to jump Let's here. Do it. You know, but I think, I think this, the, what I've learned out of it is to, to think more strategically down the road of all the what ifs, all the, you know, mm -hmm. all the, oh crap plans, the backup to the backup plan. And if this yep, happens, yep. then this happens. So I, I think that's, that's something that I've been a lot more cautious of going forward in, in doing business is just playing chess more and just kind of looking at everything, not how it is now, because mm -hmm. everything is cyclical anyway, everything will cycle and change. So it's a matter of just understanding that that's part of the process and just recognizing that we don't always know where we're at on that curve, if it's a continuing to go up or not, but it's just being prepared and having alternate plans and, 
And so that, that's what I would say. My biggest lesson out of it is to play chess and not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very smart. That's no, awesome. I, I really uh, like that analogy. That's, yes. It's really very good analogy. Cause life is a lot like a game, a lot, a lot, a lot like a game of chess, yeah. <laughs> moving pieces, planning. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 uh, well, it's a lot. Chris, the next question, um, and it probably goes along with uh, your answer to the last question. Um, what do you believe are some of the foundational principles or values, uh, that you can attribute to your business success today? So, uh, uh, values that attribute to a business success. Um, I would say that it's being others focused rather than, mm-hmm. than focusing on the self. And this is part of my cringeworthy moments that I've I shared earlier is that when I started in business, I, I really, you know, I was a good person. And I wanted to make money, but I think I was overly concerned with what I was making and, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to get as much as I can. And I think as soon as I shifted focus and and to start focusing on just helping other people get what they want, you know, and so, you know, there's that famous quote that, you know, if you help enough people get what they want, then ultimately you get everything that you want. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard to, again, it's a thing that's easy to understand the concept, but it's hard to actually practice. So, you know, especially for people that are struggling in their business or they're just making it paycheck to paycheck. I know what that's like. I've been there. I've been to where I had to cash in my credit card so that I could make payroll on, you know, so I had to cash it in by Wednesday, Thursday, because I knew it took a couple of days before it hit my bank account so I could make mm-hmm. payroll on Friday. Yeah. So I've been there to where, you know, being, you know, being in, you know, just kind of being in the, in that kind of struggle. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> What were we talking about again? Foundational principles. Yeah, foundational and principles. Helping others to right, help so, yourself. So I, I, so I don't even know I went down. Okay, so, <laughs> so I was so focused on, on that because, and, and so even though I was, I was um, well, okay, so I was so focused on that, but it didn't help any. You know, I was always caught in that struggle. But the transition happened when I started just focusing on who can I help, how can I help them? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. just by looking at that philosophy and helping them first, and I don't worry about myself. So I just know that if I help enough people, then it's going to come back around. So yeah. just to share a, an analogy of that, that, that I like to, to teach at, at my, at my workshops is, you know, everyone does business like spearfishing, you know, they spearfishing. You imagine like, you know, in the old videos where you see somebody standing on the shoreline with a gigantic spear and they're just trying to stab the fish in the side. Mm. And the problem with that is that it takes a heck of a lot of skills and a lot of luck too. And that the fish have to be right in front of you. If they leave, you can't really like throw it across the water and you're still going to be able to spear them and get your fish back. So maybe you catch one or two fish. And that's how a lot of people do business. They're just looking for their specific customer, their tunnel vision, just like that spear fisherman, just that's all they care about. But let's say that we get smarter and we say, this takes too long, let's throw a net. So we throw a net out into the water. And then now instead of one or two fish a day, we got a hundred fish coming mm-hmm. in, at, you know, just getting caught up in our net every day. But guess what? We can't eat a hundred fish. Our family can't eat a hundred fish. So we keep the seven that we want yeah. and we throw 93 back because we don't want to waste it and just leave it on the shoreline. So we throw 93 back. So we got more, way more fish than we did before, way more eff- effectively. But here's the thing is that let's say a week later, we walk down the river and we see somebody else doing the same thing that we're doing. They're also throwing a net out in the water. They're catching a hundred fish. They're throwing 93 back. But when we look at the seven that's in their basket that they decided to take home, those seven are different from the seven that we kept. And we threw a bunch of their fish. So we, so we see them and we say, you know, I just saw uh, I, the, the fish that you want. I just threw a bunch of those back. Tell you what, tomorrow I'm going to bring those to you. And then, so now they got 14 fish. And then they look at my basket and say, Chris, you know, I, I threw a bunch of yours back too. tell you what, I'm going to bring you those tomorrow. So I got 14 fish. So we doubled our catch of the ones that we want, but it did, it didn't hurt us in any way. We didn't even have to increase our labor. So what happens when we're self-focused is we're just spearfishing. When we're others focused, we can serve everyone up and down river. We can walk down with all the, our, our net full of a hundred fish and probably try to be as empty as possible before we throw anything back and just try to let them catch it on their own. And that's what happens in the business world is that we're so focused on just building our own business. We're literally running across other customers, clients, referral partners for other people that are also fishing on the shoreline. And we're throwing their fish back. We're, we're, you know, instead of like sharing that resource. So what happens is that it ends up become building a, a uh, uh, an economy, a, a community of people that are service oriented, you know, as we go up and down it, let's say that I, I do that as a way of life and just go down river and see who else needs these fish. There's going to be a day that I can't fish. There's going to be a day that I'm homesick and chances are, hopefully if I've served enough people for long enough, 
that they're going to say, hey, you know what, Chris can't work um, today. He was, I mean, he wasn't out here today, so uh, he likes this fish for his family. Can you guys pitch those all in and let's go bring it to his house? Yeah. And I and I could see a lot of application for that also in the business world. The problem, however, is that most people, when they're self-focused, is like going around because all they care about is what they have. So imagine them going around with an empty basket asking other people if they have fish, mm. you know, and then they might say something like, uh, no, and if I did, it wouldn't be for you, you know, <laughs> so, so, you know, earn your own fish. But when you're giving first, I think that's a, that's a, a big shift that, mm-hmm. that change from just being so focused on my own business, my own needs to just helping other people. And then it turns more into a community and turns more, it, it just helps the, the whole culture of it. Mm-hmm. I must say that I, very much love that story. That is, it's a really, <laughs> it really is a, it's such a clear picture of, of the message you're trying to put. And that's, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful way to put it. So I, yeah, I and it appreciate seems it. very countercultural, at least to what we see a lot in the media today. You know, it's so much, at least to me, it seems, you know, from my perspective that, um, a lot of people are being selfish. You know, it, it's the idea. I want to just take more for myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well then, and these, these lessons, these stories, I mean, obviously, when people hear stuff, one of the most important things is is learning and reading. And we've actually seen that you are in the process of writing slash getting ready to release a book that's titled Become a Better Networker. Um, how did this dream of yours to be an author become a reality? And what are kind of the steps that you're taking to make this happen? And what's the story behind the, the upcoming book? Yeah, so uh, for... For some reason, I always knew I would write a book even as a kid, but I was just like, what the heck would I write about? <laughs> yeah. What would I write about? Just had that feeling. Write about my baseball cards hey. or what? <laughs> but um, yeah, so the, the book really is is a way to scale and just get get the message out there. Mm-hmm. I feel like networking is, a, is one of the most important skills for people to have, and yet it's one of the least taught skills. You know, we, we weren't taught how to network as as grades, you know, in our, in our elementary days, they never told us how to network. In fact, they told us not to talk to strangers. So we had this programming from early childhood that's stuck in us and taken it into our our adult life. That's not serving us anymore. So, you know, it's it's one of those, those skills that people are just never taught. Mm -hmm. Writing the book is a way to reach a greater audience and to be able to consistently share these types of stories to be able to make an immediate impact because I believe that if just teaching people what to do doesn't change their behavior. Mm -hmm. In fact, most people know what they should be doing, but they don't have the right mindset about it, whether it's exercise, whether it's proper eating and diet or relationship habits or whatever it is. So I look at the same thing with networking is that people can understand conceptually, you know, that they should meet people, that they should shake hands, they should follow up, they should build Mm -hmm. relationships. But the reality is that most people just don't know how to do it. They don't know where to get started. They don't know how to start this, how to start speaking without sounding salesy. So Mm -hmm. the book is designed to help people overcome their fears of networking, to be able to help them to increase their influence, which is key to anything they're looking to accomplish, whether they're building a brand or a business, and to be able to impact the community. Because I think, you know, is it going to help them make more money? Yeah, absolutely. It's just by default, you know more people, you have more people like and trust you, you're going to do more business. But the bigger picture that I see is to be able to give back and contribute to the community. And that's what this is about. This is about helping people overcome their fears, increase their influence and impact their community. That's awesome. I love that. And when are you planning on releasing this, this book? February of 2019. Okay. Will it it be available on Amazon and all the big places? Is it going to be, is that kind of where you're, yeah, it'll, positioning it'll all be, that stuff. yeah, it'll be everywhere. Amazon, be at Barnes and Noble, it'll be, nice. it'll be everywhere. Everywhere you can get a book until I can get the audio, then I'll have it on Audible as well. So <laughs> I'll get all of it. But here's, here's a real question. Who's going to play you in the movie that's going to be based on the book? That's the real question. I don't know. Jackie Chan. Maybe. <laughs> there you <I> go. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> well, we'll definitely so have to cool. have you back for the launch of your book to yeah, talk about that because sure. it's, it's, it's a very, it's a great accomplishment because it's another thing that, you know, people talk about and say, you know, I'd love to write a book, but it's really inspiring and cool to see that it's mm-hmm. it's hopefully it's going to happen. So we wish you the best of luck with that. Thank That's you. That's awesome. And you're getting close, I'm sure, what, to the final stages, Chris. So it's, uh, you know, you're at that final push through getting that done. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. get it done. Um, so, Chris, you know, another question that I'd love to hear more about, and I know the listeners would love to hear more about, um, you know, you're, you're interacting with business leaders, um, you know, leaders in their respective areas on a regular basis. Um, but what do you believe are some of the most important things in successful marketing and also building a successful business? 
Yeah, building a successful business is, a, is about proper branding and visibility and recognition. Mm-hmm. That's usually the reason most people aren't getting enough business is they're just not seen. People mm-hmm. don't know what they do. There's a lot of people with some awesome products, services, and goods, but if they really dig down deep and evaluate you know, what's happening, the biggest issue is people just don't know what they do. That's the first step. The second step is to be able to build the trust that do people mm-hmm. trust you? Are you recognized uh, expert in whatever field or product or service that they're offering, you know, is to be able to build that trust. And then because that's when the referrals start growing. Once you get into that referral phase, that's like the dream for any business owner is to get where it goes viral and people are just coming in the door or ringing the phone or sending emails that are, that they're interested in the services or whatever they're offering. So I, I think the key is really to be able to position themselves to where they're branded properly, to where people recognize who they are, what they do, the value they offer. And one of the best ways to do that is just to be active in the community. So it's not really through just straight up old fashioned advertisement, you know, just barrage them because people are already getting a barrage, you know, and and if if that worked, it would have already worked for all the people that are already on, you know, Candy Crush at the bottom of the feed or whatever, you know, (laughs) like everything you open, there's like a, there's an ad. So the the differentiator, I think to, to me, the biggest differentiator is the individual. So things change all the time, but the individual connection is the one thing that never changes. Having that personal connection with somebody is always going to trump everything else out there Mm -hmm. to where, you know, you, you, as, as a business owner, you really want to just be able to have people know, like, and trust you. That's a common saying that people, uh, here in networking, but it's, it's really just transforming to where people know your brand before you even get there. They yeah. already trust you before you get there because now they've already done the research. They're already, it's just like, kind of like going into a restaurant, you see all the reviews, mm-hmm. you know, even a new restaurant opens up, people look at the reviews first, a new movie comes out, people look at the reviews first. So I think that's all part of brand building, mm-hmm. which I just like to help people to build that through networking where they're doing it in person and also through online channels as well. So that's, I think that's the, the biggest key is, is through through branding. Yeah, because it's a lot of, I mean, it's so much easier to trust and want to do business with like a person instead of just this entity, this corporate people that you think of, you know, the classic people in suits, like, oh, how can we make the most money off these numbers and stuff? <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, I think that's that's a very valuable lesson that I know we know a lot of people in our circles that, that believe that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'd love to kind of just take a little side street here and know what does Chris like to do? What do you like to do in your free time? Like when you're not working and changing the world for people, <laughs> making everyone's <laughs> lives better. What, what, what do you like to do in your free time and what do you like to do with your family? And maybe I, I would, I'm hoping the answer is a professional spearfisher, but we'll let you answer <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So things I like to do, uh, definitely spend time with family. Uh, travel is, is high on the list as far as being able to travel a lot more. And that's part of my, my passion in, in doing what I do is to be able to provide that freedom down the road to where we can spend a lot more time traveling. And that's what I'm building everything up towards is to be able to, um, to, to tour and just be able to, to travel to literally every corner of the earth because yeah. there's so many beautiful areas, e- even in our own country. Oh yeah. And then once we expand yeah. out to the world, there's so many things to see. So I would say, you know, top thing is travel. What's uh, your number one place? Is there a place that's on top of the list of where you want to go? Um, it's hard to say because I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes to experience everything, um, once and I don't really frequent the same place multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. If I had to pick one, I would say it's Hawaii because oh, yeah. just between the different islands, there's a whole yeah. different feel between yeah. all of the different islands, whether it's a little bit more authentic and just kind of like old fashioned to where it's like still, you know, current, you know, Los Angeles type yep. city. And right. <laughs> so I think there's plenty of variety in there, you know, w- within the islands. So if I had to pick one, I, I would say that. Uh, still have Tahiti, Bora Bora on the dream list. Nice, nice. So still, still have to get my wife out there. Um, awesome. You got to get to New Zealand. That's, New Zealand. That's one of my favorite places in the world. I, I spent almost a month there, and it was truly unbelievable, awesome. breathtaking. As so, what's what's different about you? What's so what's interesting in New Zealand that people don't know about? What so, is so cool about? Well, it? what's what's great about New Zealand is first of all, a lot of like the big movies, like you know, Lord of the Rings and all these things, were filmed in New Zealand. Like they go there because what's what's great is that. No matter where you are, because there's two islands that are, and no matter where you are, you're just a few hours away from a desert, from glaciers, from a rainforest, from the ocean, from mountains. I mean, it's it's such a diverse climate, and um, it's such a beautiful, nice, peaceful place. And it's it's funny because you know it's right near Australia, where you hear about all the most like the poisonous animals and the dangerous <laughs> yeah. wildlife, but there are no native like predators or even 
poisonous animals on New Zealand. So when you're walking through the forest at nighttime, you're not afraid of anything because there's really nothing out there. Like the only native mammal, I think, was this was a bat or something. So they brought over sheep and a bunch of other things. But it's such a I don't know. It was it was it felt magical when I was there. I know it sounds weird, but it's just (laughs) such a special place. And a story I love telling is when I was when I was over there, I was talking with this older couple who was from the UK and they traveled the world and their dream was to one day buy this buy a sailboat and travel the world like go all around the world so they started they went to all the most amazing places they got to New Zealand and they stopped <laughs> it wasn't their plan but they got there and they settled and they bought a home and they've been there ever since i mean wow. it's 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 really it's really a special place it's full of if if you're one of getting in touch with nature and seeing the beauty of this world it's it's hard to beat it that's awesome. Yeah, and if you're at top of the food chain out there, then that's even better. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I'm God. I'll the list. And the best thing, too, was that when I was there, I got caught in a sheep traffic jam. When you hear it, oh, I, wow. think, I think back when I went there, I think the ratio from sheep to people was like 74 to 1 or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so fun. I have heard that there's quite a bit of sheep out there. I, when I was in college, I had a good friend. Um, who was from New Zealand and you know her accent was just awesome oh yeah uh, but she yeah she shared about how there were so many sheep <laughs> it's so funny it's but, true yeah, it's crazy <laughs> so they could dominate they just don't know it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell them they may yeah, be listening <laughs> so uh, Chris just uh, in in coming to uh, the close for our conversation uh, you know I'm sure that some of the listeners want to connect with you so, you know, what's the best way um, that they can connect with you? And then also, what does the future hold for uh, Chris Borja? And then also become a better networker. Yeah, so my MySpace channel. No, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's no, true. I, I, might still, I might still have MySpace. MySpace I'm not Friendster sure. and <laughs> all the other I'm ones. I'm not sure. I would love to log back into that and just see what, what, see what, that, what that page I, holds. I, I couldn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, best, best way to reach me is, is through uh, social media. I use LinkedIn avidly. I use Facebook. I use Instagram. So any of those channels that you're on, definitely connect with me on there. I'd be happy to. Uh, you know, to be able to engage with all of all of your listeners and just kind of continue to provide value and service and just help with any tips that I can. Uh, so those three channels, primarily LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And should they search and, for your name or become a better networker? Or? Yeah, everything is under my name. So Chris Borja, last name B-O-R-J-A. Oh, perfect. And so they awesome. just look for me on there and, you know, connect with me. And then website, same, chrisborja.com, C-H-R-I-S-B-O-R-J-A. J-A, and I'm, I'm approachable. I, you know, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy meeting people. So I'm not one of those that feel like, I, you know, I'm at a level like I can't talk to you. I don't have time. I, I'm, you know, like anything relationship-based, it takes time. It takes being mm-hmm. intentional about building it. And so, you know, again, just going back to building that culture, that's what I want everyone to build for themselves. And I don't think I can tell people how to do it unless I'm doing it myself. Yep. So for anyone out there that wants to connect or just, you know, to share stories more or just you know, share some of your journey and see how I can help. You know, I'd be happy, definitely open to, to the conversation. And as far as become a better networker, are, are they mostly local to Columbus or the Ohio area or do you, or are they, I mean, national and do you, what, where do you see the future of become a better networker? Do you plan on taking it all over the country and, and where can people, if, like I said, if people want to join one of these, one of these networks, how do they, yeah. how do they do it? Yeah, that's actually the vision is to duplicate what I've done here locally in Columbus or, or Dublin, which is actually spread throughout the state. So even though it's called Dublin Area Networking Group is my networking group in, in Dublin. But as far as become better networker, that's more of the training and, you know, providing that education that people never received. So my vision for that is to is to literally change the world through building stronger communities. And so if we reverse reverse engineer it, you know, the, the process and my mission statement is to help create better networkers, which creates stronger businesses, which leads to more connected communities. So that's the flow. So if we reverse engineer it, if I want to change the world, we're going to do it through building communities locally. And so my goal is to be able to um, to be able to duplicate myself, to be able to find other leaders that are interested in training others on networking, training the skills, whether they are already good networkers now and want to take it up to the next level and become that that key person in that marketplace 
that is providing that education that people know that's where I can get trained on networking or even if they're new and want to learn everything from scratch I want to be able to equip them to be able to help because that's the only way we could change the world is one community at a time but I believe with the way our social media is we have the ability to reach the world I mean the world is a smaller place than the smallest it's ever been yeah. because of our access to each other we don't need to send a, a pigeon with a little note we don't <laughs> put it in the bottle those were the glory days present. man the better days <laughs> put it on a Simpler horse times. you know whatever so I mean we could reach people across the world in, in pretty much real time and so that's my vision is to literally change the world create connected communities because there's so much value that people people could be offering to one another mm-hmm. and in order to do that so i'm uh, so one of the projects i'm working on i finished the first phase which is my my online linkedin course so that's the first product that i created that's a digital product to where people can learn linkedin without attending my live workshop and they just literally get five hours of coaching where i walk them through everything from how to set up their profile to how to build relationships templates on what to say to new connections how to build that all the way through to how to convert that into business through serving others, how to do advanced searches to where people can literally target the exact person they need, find mm-hmm. out who already knows them, and ask for a introduction rather than having go the old route through the gatekeeper that's you know keeping them out. Go with somebody that's already trusted to be able to get them in there. So that, mm-hmm. that training course is something that's available, working on duplicating and creating additional online courses. So the things that I teach at the local boot camps, that, mm-hmm. that weekend boot camps, to where it's digitized, to where people can take and get that same content at their convenience, right there on their computer, anywhere in the world. So those are things I'm working on to be able to literally help the world um, get connected and just just improve. What's know? the uh, URL that people can go to to um, you know learn more about that online course that you have? Yeah, so that one, if they just go to my website, chrisborha.com, and there will mm-hmm. be a link to online courses. Okay. And so if they're interested in learning more, just go to chrisborha.com, go to the link, online courses. And once they go to online courses, I actually made 50 minutes, five zero. I made 50 minutes of training available for free. So wow, for anyone that's, that's awesome. out there, if they want to go in there, it'll walk them through the first stages of setting their profile up all the way through till their summary. So it's not just a boring uh, digital resume. It's actually a living, you know, a living document that represents them the way they want to. And it's so rich now that people don't even realize how much is available to them. And mm-hmm. I even made uh, one section free, which is on the advanced search, which is so people can get a preview of where it's going to take them. Cause I think just setting up a profile is kind of boring, but seeing mm-hmm. what it can do when you have a great profile is the exciting part. It's kind of like learning to play an instrument, learning the notes is boring, but playing a song is pretty awesome. So mm-hmm. I like people to get that feeling of playing a song so that they, it encourages them to continue networking and because they're getting reward, rewarded for it. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I definitely would say that one of the, for our listeners, one of the best ways to grow like a pro is to become a better networker. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. Well, guys, Chris has been a leader, speaker, and encourager for many years. He's a pro when it comes to uh, building relationships and also helping people um, experience more growth. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode with Chris Borja sharing some of his story and his most effective tips, tools, and techniques to help you guys grow like a pro. Chris, we definitely want to have you back on the show in the near future. Definitely want to you know, explore uh, uh, sharing with our listeners more about the, your book release. And then we can also dive a little bit deeper on uh, pulling out more insights on our listeners, uh, you know, helping them grow like a pro as well. So thanks so much. Awesome. Thank thanks you for Chris. having me. And I also have to end this by... A uh, quote that was used by Apple and good old Steve Jobs is that it's the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world who are the ones that are going to do it. So we, right. we believe in you, Chris, and we look forward to seeing how you make that mission come true. So Absolutely. congrats, and we'll, uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Look awesome. forward to being back. And we are back after that wonderful, illustrious conversation. See, I said it there this time, no, even though I didn't. wasn't talking about you, but, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? And I want to. I don't know about you, but I want to get out there and uh, go network with people. <laughs> yeah, let's go do it right Chris now. All right, bye everyone. See you later. He <laughs> has that effect on people. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he really was. Like we said at the top of the show, he's just such a such a great guy that has a great message. That mm-hmm. it's, I just love talking to these people who have that huge transformation in their life. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Because, like I said, I, I I feel like there's a lot of people feel sometimes they're on an island or they're alone or is there something wrong with me? But yeah. people go through these struggles all the time, and it's finding the right resources and the right people and understanding that. You're not alone in feeling the way you feel. Yeah. So I think it's just. And as a community, yeah, you're working together to help 
uh, strengthen each other, overcome those issues. So it's it's an, it's meeting an incredible need. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, th- I I will, you know, I usually like to say something that we talked about in the show and his story about the fishermen's villages where, you know, you, you may not catch all the fish you need, but you go down to the next village and they may need a certain oh, yeah, fish and yeah. you go back and forth. And that really kind of has stuck with me as, as for the weeks or whenever since we recorded. It's just such a great message because mm-hmm. it's true. You helping other people helps you in return and helps the community as a whole. So it's yeah, a it's win, just huge win, win uh, kind of situation. It is. So I, I'm excited to have Chris back on. I'm excited to go to more of the networking events. And um, yeah, if you're in the local Columbus area and you go see some of his networking events, you may run into Jason and I. You never yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we, I love what Chris is doing. It's incredible. Yeah. So once again, we want to remind you if you want to be a part of the show, want to send in your topics or questions or any type of ideas, or if you want to be a honor a guest on our show be sure to send any questions to hello at grow like a pro show.com once again that's hello at grow like a pro show.com and i know jason would like to say a little something about our sponsor yeah genesis marketing group again is an incredible sponsor for us we couldn't really do the show at all without them so they're a one you know a one-stop shop for businesses to really come alongside them help you identify those challenges that you're facing and really begin to implement some solutions that can help you get um, ultimately where you want to go you know from where you are to where you want to go is um, you know creating that roadmap so they're incredible uh, love working with them able to uh, see incredible track results with the businesses that they've worked with so you know I, I can I, I could go on and on, but they're, you know, truly incredible and it's great to, to have them as one of our sponsors. Without a doubt. And remember that's Genesis with a J. Yep. Genesis Easy to remember. with a J. Marketinggroup.com. <laughs> and yeah, so it's a wonderful, wonderful company. And we also want to remind everyone that we know that with the holiday season coming on, you may be worried about shows and things like that, but just know that we will not be missing a week when we won't be missing a show. And once again, we may do like an evergreen show or one of our off topic things, but we will still have a show every week, Thursday mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. Yeah. So be sure to look forward to that. And, you know, until next time, we just want to thank you. We really, truly appreciate you coming along for the ride and listening and hearing the story of the wonderful Chris Borja. And, you know, for Jason and myself, we just wish you the best. And we will see you next week. 